Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks from Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Annapolis. You know, I had a little bit of a health issue lately and lost a lot of weight, almost like 60 pounds. Now, some of that was on purpose. Some of that was from the hospital stay, uh, but I had to get some new clothes. And so guess where I'm going? That's right. I'm going to Leon Tailoring because Larry Norman Kim and Judy have taken my measurements for years and the measurements have dropped a little bit. And so they'll take care of me just like they'll take care of you. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. Don't tell me you lost weight. They'll be able to tell if you have or not. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, we just wrapped up uh, today's straw poll uh, here uh, in Henry County, and joining us now uh, is Nate Lamar, who sort of organized the whole event. So, Nate, first of all, thank you very much for being with us uh, on this chilly and, and slippery day in some parts in some parts of Indiana. Thank you, Abdul, for coming here. We do appreciate it. Uh, it's unfortunate that the weather put a damper on our attendance, but I'm pleased with the attendance that we had because we did have representation from all 11 counties of the 6th Congressional District. Um, so, uh Walk us through the results real quick here. What have we seen up on the board? Okay. Uh, 47 precinct committee people from throughout the 11 counties of the 6th District um, signed in today, and that's how they voted. Uh, Donald Trump, 35 out of the 47. And then Suzanne Crouch came on top on the straw poll with 19 out of the 47 votes. Uh, Curtis Hill in second place with 16, followed by Mike Braun with 8, Eric Doden with 3, and Jamie Rittenauer with 1. Uh Brad Chambers wasn't here, just couldn't make it today, or? Uh, that's correct. His staff told me that he had an early morning event pretty far away, too far away to make it to Knightstown by 9 a.m. Um, so uh, what was the point of the straw poll? Uh, the point of the straw poll was to get a realistic sense of the sentiment here in the 6th Congressional District. That's why we invited only precinct committee people from the eight entire counties and then the three partial counties within the 6th District to attend today because we wanted it to be as realistic as possible of what the voters are feeling. And uh, what do these results tell you? These results tell us that Suzanne Crouch is very popular here in the 6th District, uh, followed by Curtis Hill in a close second place. Um, obviously, uh, straw polls, is, uh, so one of the criticisms of straw polls is sort of an insider's game. You know, it doesn't really count for anything. Uh, it's more like a beauty contest. Um, what, what do you, how do you respond to that? Uh, to some extent, that could be true. Uh, it would be interesting to see that among the 47 precinct committee people who came here, how many were elected versus how many were appointed. And I would venture to say that those who were elected probably are more reflective of the electorate here in the 6th District than those who were appointed. Uh, what does this tell you about uh, the race, uh, about the May primary? Does this give you sort of an inclination or is it just sort of is it for, more for bragging rights? Um, it's early. This is the first gubernatorial straw poll of this primary season. It's the first straw poll period following the filing deadline. But I think this is an indicator that uh, Suzanne Crouch and Curtis Hill will both be competitive. Um, also, too, I want to say, uh, in addition to, like I said, sort of being sort of an insider's uh, type game, obviously the city district is, is very rural, even though it does include parts of uh, Indianapolis, uh, I want to say parts of Shelbyville, I think, Richmond uh, as well. What, what are some of the big issues out here that folks are concerned about? What are you hearing? Among the big issues, and this was touched on by a couple of the candidates, are the facts that Indianapolis and the Donut counties have prospered, have absolutely thrived over the past 20 years, whereas rural Indiana continues to lose population and continues to age. I know that in the last census, I believe Henry County is the fifth oldest county 
of Indiana's 92 counties, and that's very reflective of the counties of this part of Indiana, uh, because too many of our youth have to leave. Uh, we have a significant brain drain from this part of Indiana. Also, what I've been hearing, too, is, and if you look at, uh, I'm looking at a map of economic development recently, and you're right, a lot of it is so, it's located either in you know, Indianapolis or the media donut counties or maybe Evansville, Fort Wayne, maybe a little bit of Richmond, maybe some other places. What is it, uh, why are people leaving? Um, is, is it schools, is it education attainment, or is it just saying people want a better quality of life somewhere else, or? I call it brain drain versus branch plants. Uh, for too many years, uh, our economic development has often focused on just bringing in branch plants with blue-collar jobs and little more. Indiana produces many, many college graduates, but unfortunately the white-collar jobs for them just aren't there. And it appears to be a numbers game. Uh, too often, too many of these branch plants are Japanese-owned, and it's easy to pull the plug on a branch plant from thousands of miles away. Uh, another thing, too, I've also noticed, um, I'll get your thoughts, is, is some of the things that the legislature's done, um, maybe some of those more divisive, controversial social issues that maybe that sort of, you know, maybe scares young people away, and once they leave, like, that's it. I, I love my hometown, but I'm not coming back. Those people are too, too close-minded. There is something to be said for that. Um, here in Henry County, the Henry County Republican Club is actively starting a young Republican organization here in Henry County, but it is difficult to attract youth towards that because if you attend a Lincoln Day dinner, uh, you know, you see more gray hair than anything else there. Um, so, uh, so what's next for you folks out here? Uh, the next for Henry County, um, we... Look forward to our Lincoln Day dinner on March 14th. We hope to attract as many of these candidates for governor and Brad Chambers as possible to attend on Thursday evening, March 14th. Did you hear anything new, anything different in the candidates this time around? Or obviously, because when you when you when you do the, when you do what I call the chicken and pea circuit, you, you give the same sort of sum speech. So you and I have heard this like eight million times before. Did you hear anything different? Anything that like, hey, wow, that's a really good idea, or ooh. Maybe not so much. I found it interesting that uh, all five of them were very critical of the LEAP district and how that was handled by the IEDC. Um, I do realize that uh, the IEDC, before it became the IEDC, uh, was the Indiana Department of Commerce. And back then they had an international trade division, which actively helped Indiana's manufacturers and farmers to export their products to other countries. Unfortunately, when the IEDC was created, the International Trade Division was nixed. And so now manufacturers who export only have help from the U.S. Department of Commerce, such as the Indiana Export Assistance Center. Um, in addition to that, Indiana, being the most manufacturing-intensive state, has been hit particularly hard by the Trump tariff on aluminum and the Trump tariff on steel, neither of which the Biden administration have repealed. It's one thing to try to attract the handful of votes from United Steelworkers. It's another thing to realize that our manufacturers do more things and create more jobs with metal products than there are USW members. Therefore, it's imperative that the IEDC once again adopt export-friendly policies for Hoosier manufacturers who want to sell their products overseas. Uh, final question for you. One of my favorite topics, the marijuana question, obviously. It seems that uh, this folks had a lot of sort of maybe a sort of older folks in the room 
And <clears throat> this sort of came in time when marijuana was like, you no, know, sort of the demon lettuce or demon weed and, and that sort of thing. And it was sort of reflected in, in the candidates. Uh, do you think this is going to change Indiana anytime soon, even though we are surrounded by, you know, states have legalization for medicinal or recreational purposes? Indiana is a conservative state, both fiscally and socially. I do not anticipate Indiana legalizing marijuana for at least another generation. And we just got daylight saving time on Sunday retail alcohol sales, so now you people want legal pot too? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nate Lamar, uh, like to organize today's event. Thank you very much for taking a few minutes to chat with. We do appreciate it. Thanks so much, Abdul. Sure appreciate you coming out here today. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.